Hello everyone, welcome back to the Black and Red Book Review Podcast. For those of you joining this podcast for the very first time, welcome. My name is Doc. I am an anarchist, an anti-fascist, a street medic, herbalist, union man, troublemaker, hobo, based out of so-called New England. And on this podcast, I read, rate, and review, critique, and mock white nationalist and neo-Nazi literature. I read this shit so that better people who are mentally and emotionally healthy, don't have to. And on this episode, this recording is a backup episode in case a planned crossover episode with my friend Hayward, host of the Autonomia podcast, uh, is unable to record with me on the appointed date. If he is unable to make it, this episode will go up instead. Uh, This episode will be discussing Francis Parker Yockey's magnum opus Imperium. About a year ago, 11 months ago to be exact, I had promised that I would do a part two on Francis Parker Yockey. And in part one, I went over a brief background of his biography, which I will refer listeners back to if they feel the need to be caught up on this man's uh, life story. But to be very brief in summarizing it, the man was a probable Nazi spy, a sort of racist bohemian rich boy who mooched off of rich women around the world, uh, got thrown out of a restaurant in Belgium for being a fascist in 1948, and basically helped start post-war neo-Nazism as a global movement. Uh, So to begin covering the text of Imperium, it's important to make an important distinction. Francis Parker Yockey was both a racist and an anti-Semite. But he was not a racist and an anti-Semite for what he referred to as, quote, Hitlerian reasons. Francis Parker Yockey was actually not a big fan of the Nazis and Hitler. This may have helped contribute to the uh, neo and the neo-Nazi movement. Uh, His critiques of Hitler were admittedly from the far right, which is an interesting place to critique Hitler from. It's very hard to be to the right of Hitler, I suppose. Uh, but he always referred to himself as a Spanglerian, and I follow that is a follower of Oswald Spangler, who was an interwar German fascist philosopher, who basically believed that Hitler that uh, rather history was governed by uh, sort of archetypal spiritual forces in conflict with each other, and that there was a core spirit of Western civilization that was under attack by capitalism and capitalism's erasure of boundaries and social hierarchy, and that the only way to restore these sacred eternal truths of hierarchy was to do a fascism. Uh, But Francis Parkyaki discovered Spangler when he was about my age now, uh, which is to say eh, late 20s, early 30s, and fell in love and was a lifelong Spanglerian, quote-unquote. so Imperium is very much derivative of Oswald Spangler, and that is basically the show. Good night. No. <laughs> uh, it's true that fascists are very unoriginal and have the same basic uh, points that they reiterate over and over and over and over again. And Francis Parker Yockey is certainly no exception to this. However, Francis Parker Yockey sort of dumbs down Spangler and summarizes it for an American audience. Uh, In brief, Imperium is about how nationalism is actually getting in the way of saving Europe, which is an interesting take. 
uh, Francis Parker Yockey uh, did not believe in nationalism per se so much as a sort of Europe-wide uh, defense of Western civilization against barbarian hordes, quote-unquote, like, you know, Russia and the Jews and the blacks and so on. Uh, his whole thing was Western civilization and European unity. Interestingly, he does not refer to white people as such. He actually never uses the word white in this text, and it may not be fair of me to call Francis Parker Yockey a white nationalist so much as a uh, pan-European fascist. Uh, he was not uh, very concerned with settler colonialist countries per se, uh, he was not uh, an advocate of Great Replacement Theory, as it would come to be known later on in that century and in this one. Uh, he was actually openly dis uh, disdainful of his home country of the United States. He really did not care for the American political system at all. Uh, fascists never do. They don't give a shit about the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. I certainly don't as an open anarchist. Um, but I believe... Uh, that the Constitution is not actually a sufficient guarantee of freedom and liberty per se. I don't believe that the state exists to protect individual rights and that quite often it tends to steal from people. It's a system of wealth extraction and political domination to serve that, not a guarantee of rights as 18th century liberals believed. But anyway, uh, back to Yaki. He was not a fan of America's uh, individualist mentality. He believed that Europe was under threat by both the Soviet Union at the time and the United States in its post-war uh, superpower mode. Uh, and he actually was controversial among neo-Nazis because in Imperium he advocates for not only Europe-wide unity and the dissolving of nationalist borders, a sort of nationalist international, if you will, but he also advocated for a uh, alliance between this new united fascist Europe and the USSR, uh, that was one of his strategic uh, options that he advocated for during the course of Imperium. Uh, his other strategic outlook was that the USSR would ultimately invade Europe uh, and and conquer it from you know the Urals to the French coast, basically, because you know he could read a map and see that the USSR was right there, whereas the United States would have to cross an ocean to respond to this. Uh, and so he believed that actually Soviet domination of Europe would be fantastic. It would drive out the American imperialists, quote unquote, uh, and give Europe the time to dissolve its nationalisms, basically get its shit together and form a new spirit of European resistance or whatever. And that this spirit of European resistance in turn would ultimately overthrow the USSR or restore the quote-unquote European spiritual essence of Russia uh, to uh, a new post-Soviet state. Uh, so Francis Parker Yockey may or may not have done work for Soviet intelligence. He certainly is documented as having been on both sides of the Berlin Wall. Uh, in its early days, he helped found the post-war Socialist Reich Party in West Germany, uh, which was uh, in a period of time when German neo-Nazis then, as now, were trying to skirt around German constitutional protections. Uh, and so they would form groups like the National Democratic Party, the National Bolshevik Party, the Alternative for Deutschland nowadays, the Socialist Reich Party, or what have you. He was also involved with and in a beef with Julius Evola, 
for a little while. Uh, Julius Evola did not care for Francis Parker Yaki overly much. He helped found the Italian social movement after Mussolini's downfall and the modern republic, uh, which later became the Fratelli d'Italia, Brothers of Italy, which is now in power in Italy again as this podcast is recorded. So post-war fascists hold state power in Italy again as this podcast is being recorded. Uh, Francis Parker Yaki, after retiring to his inn on the west coast of Ireland in County Galway in order to write Imperium, uh, formed what was known as the ELF, not the cool one, the Earth Liberation Front, but the lame one, the European Liberation Front, which, despite being a so-called liberation front, somehow managed to never have more than, oh, I don't know, about 25 or 30 members or so, most of them in the UK. Uh, after uh, Sir Oswald Mosley was released from prison by the British government for uh, being a fascist and a threat to the anti-Nazi war effort, uh, Oswald Mosley and his toothbrush mustache and annoying voice got right back where he'd left off in organizing a fascist movement as Britain was demobilizing from World War II, which was a bold take. Uh, An interesting situation for a man to find himself in, that's for damn sure. Uh, but Francis Parker Yaki sort of vagabonded his way from Galway to London, where he, wherein he met Oswald Mosley. Uh, and Oswald did not very much care for Francis Parker Yaki. Uh, they ended up be- having a falling out, and Yaki and the Yakiites, which is a fun word, I'm going to keep using it from now on, the Yakiites uh, fled uh, London, and they later went to Belgium, where Francis Parker Yaki got thrown out of a restaurant uh, after... He was talking to a waiter about cold food and swore at him and basically says that uh, in a proper fascist country, the waiter would be shot, to which the waiter said, Sir, this is Belgium. We know all about fascism. And an angry mob chased him and his wife back to their mansion or his girlfriend back to their mansion where they hid out for a couple months before Francis vagabonded on somewhere else. Uh, But anyway, I've been off on a, a tangent again. Back to Imperium proper. Uh, His disgust for America is evident throughout this entire text. He never thinks of himself as an American. He never refers to himself as an American. He always refers to himself as a son of Europe and that he is adherent to the pan-European spiritual spiritual essence, basically. Uh, He very much despises uh, black folks, like African Americans, uh, throughout the text. Uh... It's made clear that he considers African and the African diaspora to be completely other than the Europeans, to be not subhuman in a pseudo-biological sense, but uh, spiritually inferior, which is not really a distinction in, re- in reality. If someone walks up to you and says, uh, I think you're scum, fuck you, uh, and you are beneath me, and you say, well, what's the matter? You think that I'm like, some sort of subhuman disease or something. And he says, no, 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 no. I don't care about your subhuman race category. I care about the fact that you are just spiritually inferior and there's nothing you can do about it. You respond with the same degree of violence either way. Uh, That person does not have any respect for you and genuinely thinks that you are an other with a capital O. Uh, So Francis Parkyaki openly uh, anti-black uh, even in a European context where not many black folks lived in Europe in 1948. 
but his his uh his real ire, his real disdain and hatred is reserved of course for the Jews with uh capital letters. Now what's interesting is Francis Parker Yaki in this text seems to have invented a uh, sort of uh how do I put this? Dog whistles uh for anti-Semites. So he himself as the alt-right used to say, names the Jew throughout the course of this text. But despite naming the Jew, he still manages to coin new dog whistles that are used throughout the text. And one of them, which is overly familiar to your uh, charming and erudite host, (sighs) delicious tea, Uh, one of the dog whistles that's a little familiar to your charming and erudite host is uh, culture distorters. With echoes around them. Now, culture distorters is an interesting phrase. Francis is rather fond of using uh, hyphens to invent new terms to make himself sound smarter. Now, culture distorters is basically a bad English translation of cultural Bolshevismus, which was a German phrase, compound word, that was coined by Joseph Goebbels in his diaries as a dog whistle for Jews. And Goebbels was trying to boost recruitment for the Waffen-SS uh, and the losing end of World War II around 1943-44. Uh, and so he needed a way of referring to Jews that was not overly alienating, uh, which is a weird consideration for the Nazi minister propaganda. I'm pretty sure that proverbial ship had sailed, burst into flames, and sank like the Bismarck by that point. Uh, but he coined the term cultural Bolshevismus, uh, and so Francis Parkyaki uses the term cultural distorters, or culture distorters with a hyphen, which of course later famously becomes cultural Marxism. So if you ever hear a conservative using the phrase cultural Marxism, you should tell them, cite this podcast and cite Joseph Goebbels, that they are using Nazi talking points and probably dig a little deeper on whether they know that, what their reaction to being told that is, and whether or not they happen to hold other interesting uh, beliefs that walk the line between normie conservative and white nationalist or neo-Nazi. So Francis Parker Yaki, he holds a disdain for the Jew, as I've laid out here, Uh, But he holds a disdain for the Jew for, of course, non-biological or non... What is the word I'm looking for here? Non-pseudo-biological reasons. He doesn't view the Jew as as a fixed genetic category. He's not measuring people's noses in Poland in order to find Jew noses or whatever. He views Judaism as a spiritual tradition, which it is in part, Uh, and a spiritual tradition that is alien to Europe and is sort of in opposition to the spiritual essence of Europeans as a united people. Of course, the idea of Europeans as a united people is fucking preposterous and makes no sense, and there's no fucking basis for this in history in Europe whatsoever. Just ask the Romans or the Greeks. Uh, But nevertheless, Francis Parkyaki holds this view of the Jew, per se, and the Jews as a people, as spiritually alien to Europe, and also in control of finances. So, he's not a non-pseudo, he's not a pseudo-biological racist, but he absolutely believes in the whole Jews control the finance system, and that's why Europe in 1945 has a dog-shit economy, 
uh, as as its ongoing situation at the time. Uh, he blames Jews for anti-Semitism uh, more than once in this text, which is quite a critique, let me say. Uh, his basic uh, thesis is Jews run the finance system because that is what they were allowed to do in a Christian society in medieval Europe. And they are so good at running the finance system that they conspire to fuck over non-Jews in order to enrich the Jewish people or something. Uh, basically, the idea being that uh, Jews run everything in our elite, and that's why uh, Europeans have to respond with anti-Semitism. So while anti-Semitism is bad, it is also the fault of the people who are targeted by anti-Semitism, which is quite a hot take. Uh, so the Jews are responsible for everything. They are, of course, uh, behind the, uh, the Holocaust, which is committed against them. So Francis Parker Yaki in Imperium, I, uh, I'm trying to think of a way of phrasing this. He basically invents Holocaust denial. I mean, Holocaust denial basically started as soon as American and Soviet and British and French soldiers started going around villages like, you know, Birkenau and, and Osvichim and uh, Buchenwald and so on and going, hey, what's with all these mass graves everywhere? Why does everything smell like dead bodies? Why do these people look like they're almost starving to death? What the fuck happened in these camps? And every German is like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. It was, a, it was a, a, you know, making up any bullshit excuse for the Shoah. Uh, there's a quote from, I believe it was Dwight Eisenhower, who took a tour of Buchenwald, and at, or one of the camps, and as he takes a t tour of the camps, he sees a mass grave in front of him that is being dug because of all the dead bodies. And he's said to have snapped at a lieutenant, quote, get the bodies, get the pictures, get the, vi get the witnesses, because somewhere down the line of history, some bastard is going to come, come along and say that none of this ever happened. And immediately after the, the war wraps up, the what's left of the f international fascist movement goes into Holocaust-denying overdrive. Because obviously you don't want your political ideology associated with mass graves and internment and tyranny. This is sort of a problem for uh, state socialists as well, especially big fans of Stalin. Uh, but this is not a sectarian podcast. And, the, and I am not equating the Soviet gulag system with the concentration camps. The concentration camps were a whole other beast altogether. It's one thing to have camps for political prisoners, which was one of the defenses at Nuremberg by the Nazis, was to point out the Soviet gulag system and insist that the concentration camps were just their version of that. But they were not just their version of that. The concentration camps were also a deliberate effort to to racially alter Europe on a quote-unquote biological level and to ethnically cleanse the continent of various groups of people, starting with Jews, starting with all of the Jews of Europe, I, you know, ideally for the Nazis, but extending to groups like the Roma, including the Roma, the Poles, making their way down to probably like Slavs, etc., etc. There was a deliberate effort to alter the ethnic makeup of Europe and exterminate anyone who didn't fit selected categories. This was completely separate from the Soviet Gulag system, which was strictly for political prisoners and so on. Uh, 
So the the post-war Holocaust denial is going into overdrive, and Imperium is certainly laden with quite a bit of that. Francis Parker Yaki blames the Jews for anti-Semitism. He insists that uh, the concentration camp photos and videos and witness testimony is all fabricated, and this is all a plot by the Jews to overthrow European hegemony and control Europe via the U.S. military post-war and through NATO and so on. Uh, now, interestingly, he doesn't uh, touch on the Soviet response to the Holocaust too much because it's very possible that Francis Parker Yaki was working for the Soviet government at various times in his post-war career. Uh, he was certainly more of a fan of the USSR post-war than the, um, the uh, NATO and the NATO alliance of the United States. That's a documented fact. Uh, so, Francis Parker Yaki popularizes Holocaust denial. He uh, critiques European uh, subservience to American imperialism in a sort of, uh, you know, le a national Bolshevik, quote-unquote, sort of way. He invents many uh, post-war talking points, including cultural Marxism, Holocaust denial, uh, the dumb anti-Semitic uh, dog whistles we're all familiar with on this podcast. He specifically helped found post-war fascism in Italy. He was a contributing factor to post-war fascism in the UK as well. He was almost certainly helpful in founding the far right in Ireland, which I will address at some point on this podcast. They're, as a political force, they're not much of a threat. You should obviously keep an eye on the far right in every country. But the Irish far right are laughable as a joke they are routinely run off the street by republicans uh like you know uh anti-imperialist action ireland and so on uh and so the irish far right are basically taking their money from britain and their rhetoric from america and many of those groups can trace their roots back to francis parker yaki uh francis parker yaki was a critical influence on post-war fascism his name will come up as we discuss other post-war fascists moving forward uh, I hope folks find this summary of Francis Parker Yaki to be helpful and instructive. I hope no one who listens to this podcast is suddenly attracted to Francis Parker Yaki, as that is not the purpose of this podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Until next time, I am your host, Doc. I will see you in the streets.